Here's a quote from a social critic. Youth today love luxury. They have bad manners, contempt for authority, no respect for older people, and talk nonsense when they should work. Young people do not stand any longer when adults enter the room. They contradict their parents. They talk too much in company. They guzzle their food. They lay their legs on tables, and they tyrannize their elders. Amen, right? Right, parents, older people, amen. Right? Yes, there you go. What if I told you this social critic was Socrates, and he wrote this 2,000 years ago? See, rebellion between parents and children or authority and underlings that has been as old as time. It's cliche. Rebelling against your parents is just what you do. I do think there is uniqueness of rebellion over the past 50 years. Thing is, youth culture kind of runs the markets of America. It's where the discretionary income is. So people have found out that marketing rebellion, it actually sells, and it drives markets. Right, Elvis? Right? So the Elvis movie came out. The Beatles, Led Zeppelin, punk rock, grunge, it just keeps going down the line through the years. I mean, as a youth myself, I grew up with TV channels like Nickelodeon that actually encourage you to rebel against your parents, that encourage you to say your parents know nothing. I think some of us has to realize, you guys realize that Madonna is 63 years old, okay? Papa Don't Preach was written 40 years ago, okay? That's just how we've lived as Americans. It's so cliche. I think this is the great irony. If rebellion against parents and authority is now the status quo of our society, then can you really call rebellion rebellious? So let me play by your rules. Let's play by society's rules. You want to be countercultural? You want to be different? You want to be rebellious? You want to be free? then you should obey the fifth commandment and you should honor your father and your mother. So this morning, let's find out how to be rebels together, shall we? Rebels by honoring our father and our mother. Please pay attention now as we look at God's word together from Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 16. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you, that your days may be long, and that it might go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. The word of the Lord. We're just joining us. Welcome. We're going through the Ten Commandments this summer. It will take us 13 weeks as we have an introductory sermon and two sermons on the latter end of the Ten Commandments. And again, as a church, we go through different genres of Scripture. In the fall, we look at 
um, Old Testament narrative or the prophets. And then in the spring, we look at the gospels or the epistles. In the summer, we look at wisdom literature. Um, and we've gone through apocalyptic literature as a church. And now we are into the literature of the law. We want to look at all of scripture. It is so good to look at all these different genres and the different lenses that we can look at the grand story of God's rescue for his people. Now, law doesn't seem to be the very attractive thing to look at. People are not huge fans of it. It's probably why people like Jesus, because he does a good job of distilling the law. Not that he abolishes the law, like he said, I came to fulfill the law. But he distills it well. All these statutes you read in Leviticus and Deuteronomy, he puts it together into two commands, right? Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. The thing is, that divides the Ten Commandments very well. Historically, they've talked about the two tables of the law. The first four commandments look at love of God. And then the last six look at love at neighbor. So it's the vertical and then the horizontal. And I think the fifth commandment works really well as a transition between God and how we look at society. Where does authority come to us first on earth? It comes in the family. It comes with our parents. Really, the way that we can learn how to relate to all of humanity starts with that relationship. And it makes sense that that starts all the other commands of the horizontal relationship. Murder, adultery, coveting, all of those things. It starts there. If you can relate well with this authority, usually it's going to be able to relate well with the rest of society. Now I understand when talking about honoring your father and your mother, I can enter into many minefields. What if I have a troubled relationship with my parents? You're asking me to honor people I don't want to honor or don't deserve honor. I'm an adult now. What does that mean of honoring my parents? These are good questions and I think we're going to go through those today and I want to be able to answer objections that you might have in your mind as we go through this today. I'm going to start with this. These are the order that we're going to take this in today. First, what is the fifth commandment? Second, why should we obey it? And third, how exactly do we obey it in our stage of life? First, what is it? Second, why should we obey it? And third, how do we do it in our current stage of life? Well, David talked about last week the Sabbath, and it's the first positive commandment. Just instead of do not... It actually is observe, it's positive. But even in the commandment on the Sabbath, it says do not work. This is the only commandment of the Ten Commandments that is strictly positive. Honoring your father and your mother. Again, I think it's a little ironic because many times when we think about this one, many negative thoughts pop in our mind. But here it's trying to get us to think positive about this relationship with our parents. Many times when we think about our parents, we think about the negatives. 
They say things like, do not touch, do not eat, don't stay out too late, don't date that guy, right? Those are things we think about when we think about parents, but here the commandment's getting to think of positively, honoring. The very word honor is in the Hebrew word kavod. Most literally, it means heavy or to have weightiness. It's the same word that's to describe the glory of God, his kavod, his glory. And here it's used for how we should treat parents. As I've gotten older myself, and uh, I like to, I don't like to, but I do help people move. As I've helped people move, I think more as I get older, the weightiness of an object that they're asking me to move. Now I have more respect for that dresser that they're asking me to move. This is weighty. I don't want to drop it. And as I've gotten older, I've also realized the weight of my parents' responsibilities in raising me. Just the mind-blowing idea that my mom sustained me in her body for nine months. The sacrifice of time that they gave to me, the resources, the energy, the teaching, the telling me don't do this stupid stuff. There is just weightiness of what they did for me. My second daughter, Morgan, has been feeling the weightiness of this as she's been babysitting more. And recently she came to Aaron and I and said, I'm so sorry. How much you did when I was young. It makes sense that the word honor is used of God and parents. The glory and weight of what they have done. I was sitting down with Kevin Black, and we were talking about the fifth commandment, and I, of course, used the word obey instead of honor. He called me on it, which was good, because many times I think of Ephesians 6, 1, that says, obey your parents versus honor. The thing is, I think honor is a good word. I think it's good because it's easier to obey than to honor. You can hate someone, but you can still obey. But it's much harder to hate someone and honor them at the same time. Honoring is showing respect. It's empathizing. It's understanding the role and reacting to it. It's so easy that we say how we think we know better than our parents. But if we really understand the weight of their job, the complexity of the decisions that they're making for us, it might help us to enter into what they're trying to do. That they have their best for us, hopefully. That they love us. It is an awesome responsibility that God has given to parents to raise us, to teach us, let us give weight to that. One thing also we must understand is what is the fifth commandment is the rule of categories that goes on when we do the Ten Commandments. That the scope is more than just what is being said. Many times we think like the, the sixth commandment, 
do not murder. Oh, I'm good. But we see that the sixth commandment, its scope is greater. The rule of categories makes it greater than just that. It condemns abuse, beatings, hurting others. And it also condemns the heart towards others, our anger or our malice towards others. We see that as Jesus unpacks the commandments in the Sermon on the Mount. And that's just true for this one too, the fifth commandment. The scope is more than just parents. It's also other authority figures over us. Bosses, governing authorities, teachers, church leaders. It's interesting, in the Old Testament, the word father is used for kings and prophets and priests. We see in 1 Peter 2 and Romans 13, honor the king. We see that even the church did these things while facing Roman persecution and even death. It was still said to honor, to respect the governing authorities. For some of us, honoring our parents is no problem. But when we think about these other positions of bosses or governing authorities, that's when the objections and red flags start flying. But we see that the fifth commandment also includes them. Again, I want to anticipate your objections. Do we honor them no matter what that they do? That's a recipe for abuse. Societies that have abided by ruling authorities that have done these things has caused major atrocities through the years. Companies turning blind eyes to bosses that have done ugly things have caused major damage. This is why it's very important to realize context, context, context. This fifth commandment, again, is under the first table, starting with God, that we honor the Lord and then neighbor. Ephesians and Colossians says, obey your parents, what? In the Lord. It is under the context of God. If an authority figure is asking you to do something against God and his commandments, then we should not do it. And we see that people in authority are not off the hook. The second commandment said, the sins of the fathers pass on to the sons. There is judgment upon leaders that do not rule in the right way. It is so important to see in the fifth commandment, that authoritarianism is not mentioned. It's put in the context of an authority figure, God, who is faithful and loving. Remember what starts the Ten Commandments. That I delivered you from slavery, from the land of Egypt. This is the authority figure that God is. He is loving. He is full of grace. He cares for his people. And that should carry down to parents in how they treat their children. This is a good authority. Well, my parents might not be asking me to disobey the commandments, or a boss might not, or whatever authority figure, but sometimes it is difficult and it's hard. Why should we honor them? 
I got to sit down with, well, I didn't sit down, I was riding in a car with four teenage girls this Friday as they went down to a volleyball tournament, and I asked them this question. Why should we honor our parents? And they said, because God tells us to. I heard, because it's the right thing to do for all that they did for us, that they hold the purse strings, and if I want something, I better be nice to them. Those are all good answers. And I think I could preach on all those things, but I think the word in this commandment picks out one, that your days may be long, and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. That your days may be long and it will go well with you in the land that God has given you. Remember Deuteronomy, this is the repeat of the Ten Commandments. It happened in Exodus and Mount Sinai, but here in Deuteronomy, it's the repeat. That's Deuteronomy, the second time, repeating. And it's repeating it as the people, Israel, have wandered for 40 years and now are entering into the land. We see it's already gone bad for them. And now they're about to enter into a precarious situation of other people that own the land. And they're about to go into that land. What is the starting point for how it would go well? Saying, here's what it says, honoring your father and mother. See, the family is the first exposure to rules, authority, love, relationships. I don't think I'm far off in saying, majority of sociologists, psychologists, teachers, your DoorDash delivery man or woman, they would say the best predictor for an adult staying out of jail, off drugs, success, is what happens in their family. Augustine said, over a thousand years ago, if anyone fails to honor his parents, is there anyone he will spare? They took this seriously in Israel. Children that do not obey their parents, it will go badly. It will go badly in their future. You want to shock your kids? I encourage you to keep reading in Deuteronomy. It reads later, any rebellious or stubborn son should be taken out of the city, and then they should be judged by the community at large. And if they are found rebellious and stubborn, they should be stoned to death. That'll shock you. That will get your kids to wake up, right? Thank God we're not the nation of Israel now. We're not under these civil laws. The law has been written upon our hearts. But you see the seriousness they take this and how it matters to the society going forward. Maybe we should see, too, the seriousness that happens. I hope we see the shootings that we've seen among specifically young men over the past months and years in America. The number one factor for why they're doing it is because they're not part of loving homes. 
good structures of authority. Actually, the research has been done, it's not simply mental disorders. Actually, many of them do not have mental disorders. But it is the isolation that they feel, no healthy structures around them, that cause them to lash out in the way that they have. This is why this is extreme importance for us as the church. Family health for individuals around us. And I hope today what Jill shared might prick your heart. That we as the church could be a support system to children growing up in our community that might not have the best homes. That we might show them what it's like to have a true loving father. I want to say this, and I want to say this very passionately to some of you. Some of you have had very hard homes. You've seen divorce, abuse, very hard things. I love the Psalms. It says, For my father and mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. There is a good father. If you've experienced abuse in your home, there is a God that is good. Please let this be a home in a spiritual place where you can see fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters that will love you and care for you and show you the way it should be. Why should we obey this commandment? Because the long-term health of society in our own lives, that it will go well for us. Here's the thing as parents, what happens. We think our kids should honor us because then it will create smooth sailing in our homes. There won't be fighting or squabbling. We'll live in peace. You honor me, I'm the dictator. You're not the parent. You do what I tell you to do. That is not parenting. I love Ted Tripp, probably my favorite book on parenting. I've read lots of them. If you're going to read one other than the Bible in Proverbs, this one is good, Shepherding a Child's Heart. And he says this, As a father or mother, you do not exercise rule over your jurisdiction, but over God's. You act at His command. You discharge a duty that He has, he has given you might not try to shape the lives of your children as pleases you, but as pleases him. All you do in your task as parents must be done from this point of view. You see, the honoring of parents set up, sets up right relationships for your children to other authority figures over time. And ultimately, God's authority. My oldest will be gone in a month. 
And probably happily she's glad that I, my voice will not constantly be there. Do this. Do that. But you see Ellie in honoring Aaron and I through her 18 years in our home. Has set herself up for success. That there will still be authority when she leaves. She will still have bosses. She'll still have teachers. She'll still have governing authorities. But because of her honor for us, it will go well with her there. And more than that, when she is by herself and decisions come, should I do this or should I do that? She will rest her authority on God. And that voice will always be there when we are gone. And hopefully we have said that she will honor him. And in that, it will go well for her. In our love for her, she sees God's love to honor him. Why? Why should you honor your parents? So that you might live long. And you might see God has given certain authority figures for us for our good. But ultimately we would see his authority. Well, how do we do this practically? In our current roles. I guess I could give you a list of 10 things. I've decided not to do that. I want to get to the crux of the matter. I don't think it doesn't matter what list I give you. If you don't believe this, you won't do it. Here is the crux. Do you believe there is something outside of yourself that knows better than you do for what you need for flourishing? Is there something outside of yourself that knows better than you for what you need for flourishing? This is a huge obstacle in our age because of our rebellious spirit. American individualism, past hurts by authority figures, and probably ultimately sin. <laughs> the first sin, you can be God, right? I am not saying that parents get it all right, or bosses, or governing authorities, but God has placed them in that position for you, and you're good in his sovereign plan. And even if they all get it wrong, there is an authority figure that is right. The one that created you and made you. Your heavenly father. So practically, you should give way to what they say. If you're a child, that probably means obeying your parents. It does mean obeying your parents. That's the way that you can honor them. And as you get older and you 
come to decisions on your own, that you would trust them even if you disagree. And you would not simply grumble. And you would say, okay, God knows. I trust that he has given me these parents for a reason. And then as you get older, maybe things might happen. There's a famous Mark Twain story of a young man that came up to Mark Twain and said, you know, I left home and I came back and I had all this pleasant conversation with my parents. They've changed. And Mark Twain said, you know, it's amazing how your parents have matured over the past couple years. As adult children, we have a responsibility to our parents that are growing older. Jesus twice rebuked the Pharisees because they held back money for their older parents because they said, well, it's for God. And Jesus rebuked them for not obeying the fifth commandment and caring for their older parents. Jesus himself made sure that his mother was cared for as he went to the cross. The way that we show honor to our parents as they grow older is that we make sure that they are cared for well. It does not always mean they should come live with us. In some situations, it might be better that they should live with us as they get older. For some of us, it might be better for them to live somewhere else. But that we would care for them I also want to speak to some of you that have parents that are not Christians. I think many times I have seen that people that become believers and their parents aren't Christians, it gives them an excuse to speak ill of their parents, an excuse to rebel against them even more. They don't get it, but I do. That is true. They might not get you in your faith. In fact, they might hate you as Jesus said. But that is not an excuse for you to be more rebellious to them. But instead, because you are a Christian, it should be a way that you forgive them and are patient with them, that you love them, that they might see something has changed because you've become a Christian. Your love and your care for me I'm going to close with a story. In elementary school, when I was in elementary school, a tragedy hit our city. Grew up in Madison. Four teenagers, Madison West High School students, one weekend night were drinking and driving. They were on Tacoa Street in Madison, right by the golf course and Speedway Cemetery and the high school. And they took a turn at what the police said was probably 50, 60 miles per hour. The car flipped multiple times. It burst into flames and all of them died. 
It's pretty big in our community at that time, even like a city like Madison. At the high school, Madison West High School, there's a shed. And the shed is usually graffiti, this kind of tradition for the high school. Now remember as an elementary school student seeing big letters spray painted on the side of the shed. Only the good die young. Of course, a Billy Joel song reference. That was confusing for me. Are we celebrating their rebellion? What would their parents think? Teachers, city officials in Madison. This is not good. I have to share this story for two reasons. One, there are consequences for not honoring your parents. Serious consequences. But I also tell this tragic story for this reason. We, too, are a part of a tragedy. We, too, are rebellious. Every single one of us. And the tragedy will come to all of us of what we have done. We will die. That is the result of our rebellion against our Father. And some of us will spray a paint on walls. You only have one life. Only the good die young. We will celebrate our rebellion. No, let's admit this tragedy. Death is not the way it's supposed to be. We know there is one son. There is one that honored his father perfectly. Even when he wondered out loud what his father was doing, why do I have to go do this? Take this cup from me. He followed him and obeyed him even to the cross for us. Ten years later from that accident, I graduated from Madison West High School. And I received a substantial scholarship in the name of an individual I did not know. The one condition in receiving this money is that I would write a, a note to his parents. It was one of those boys that died on that day. And I wrote a note to his parents who took his college fund and gave it to me. What love! What love that they would look past their own son to give me something that I don't deserve. How much 
greater. How much greater that our Father in heaven, Son, went to the cross for us rebels to give us life. Eternal. That is the great exchange. That is the great substitute. That is the good news of the gospel, that rebel children that we are, that he would love us and give us something we do not deserve. The weight that I felt in writing that letter to those parents. What could I say? But just thank you. Thank you. Here is the weight. Right here. This is the weight. He went to the cross for you. What can you do? Then say, Lord, take me. I need you. That is the response of the weight of his glory in honoring him.